three, two, one. And we live back with another episode of Rolling Through the Trenches. Your host, Francesco Clotwork Tramatano. And we are here post-UFC 259. And like I said, man, you know, I'm really kind of excited to talk about it. I knew the card was going to be stacked and exciting, you know, top to bottom. I don't really want to talk too much about the prelims. I actually didn't get to watch them myself. I know Dom never won a split decision. It's not really that surprising to me. I uh, heard he was, uh, got all the rounds on one scorecard. Uh, one judge had it all for Casey, and then I think it was like a 49-46 for Dominic was the deciding the uh, third judge. But, yeah, you know, I know he called out Monster. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's really, you know, a, night, a good fight for him next. I don't know if it really, you know, I don't know who the dude was that he was calling out. So, I don't know. Maybe Dominic is doing his own thing. Maybe he's not really in a rush to try and make it back to the title, which I kind of understand because I think a lot of the guys at the top – give uh, Dominic a lot of problems. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, the first fight of the main card was Tiago Santos versus Raychik. I was actually wrong on this one. I thought Tiago was going to go out there and really put on a stamp. Uh, anything, you know, he's talking about coming back after John Jones and, you know, being one of the top guys in the division. I don't personally think he looked like a top guy too much. Raychik kind of, I felt like he felt cautious. But I still think he kind of shut him down the entire time on the feet, even in the grappling. He just felt like everything was just kind of shutting Tiago down and he just wasn't getting off. Tiago was trying to throw one punch at a time and really trying to sit and just crack one shot. I don't think that was a good uh, game plan against Rajic. And it kind of cost him a decision. Uh, the second fight was Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. And boy, Islam is a problem. Oh, my God. From start to finish, Islam kind of just put it on Drew. I know the grappling, it just completely looked one-sided. It kind of did look like Khabib uh, fighting everybody else. <laughs> I know they've been calling him baby Khabib or whatever, but, you know, his striking is a lot better. You know, this dude really puts it together. He could probably be one of the most dangerous guys on 155. I thought everything, you know, Drew looked good in the first, like, two minutes. About, like, two minutes, two and a half minutes before I feel like Islam really got a hold of him. You know, like I said on the ground, he didn't have an answer for anything. You know, he almost got caught uh, in the armbar early. He did. He defended really, really well. You know, I think that was kind of surprising. You know, I was talking to my man's and I thought I thought he was done at that. You know, he fought out of it, got out, fought back a little bit, but then he just got grabbed. Anytime he got grabbed, it was a problem. And later on, he just got submitted. Islam, like I said, Islam's a problem. I don't know who I'd really want to stand and match him up with next. I do think you got to give him a top guy, though. I think if you're going to sit sit there with all these guys talking about how good Islam is, if we don't put him in there with a top five, I think he got, you know, throw him the top five, top ten. You know, we need some new faces in there. I, I wouldn't say throw him in there with somebody like Gaethje, but give him Tony Ferguson. I know he called him out in the press conference. Get, oh, Tony and Islam would be a great fight. And if Islam could beat Tony Ferguson, why not give him Justin Gaethje? Why not give him uh, Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor? You know, let him, you know, jump back in there. I mean, he was eons ahead of Drew Dober, man. Especially his grappling is phenomenal. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see Drew Dober fight Tony. I mean, not Drew Dober, uh, Islam fight Tony. 
moving on to the first title fight, I wanted to kind of like move past the first two fights. I have a lot to talk about with this fight. Uh, this is Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling for the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Aljamain won by disqualification. Uh, probably the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, I don't, I don't know. So let me, let me break down the fight first before I start getting into my personal feelings about what happened and, you know, that shit. But uh, so the fight starts off. I thought Aljamain came out a little bit too too anxious. He wanted to crack him, and he wanted to get him out early. He wanted to hit him with a bunch of volume and kind of just smother uh, Peter Yan the whole time on the feet, shoot, uh, switch to the uh, grappling and maybe get him down. I know he got him down real early with the first takedown he shot. You know, he got Peter down. He couldn't really keep him down. He got back up. And it, it wasn't that Peter Yan, I didn't even think he was really out striking uh, Aljamain. I just thought he was the way cleaner striker. I guess in terms of when he did out strike him. But, like, every time, you know, when, when Peter was throwing, you know, he was landing. Uh, was, and Aljamain was throwing a whole lot, but not necessarily landing everything. So, yeah, he was throwing a couple of the knees that he was throwing up the middle slip through. I know he landed a flying knee, but, like, he still ended up getting cracked by, what, one time by Peter Yan. In my opinion, that was enough for me to sway that towards Yan only because I don't think any of the stuff that Aljamain was throwing in the first round was really doing a lot. I guess on points, I mean, you do got to – I feel like maybe we do got to kind of give it to him because I felt like he hit him, like, five, six, seven shots to one. Every time, you know, he was hitting with combinations and Peter Young was throwing one shot. It just ended up being the perfect type of style, I guess, to fight Aljamain because he was being real patient. And, you know, when he was landing, it was effective. I think he kicked Aljamain's legs out like twice. Uh, going into the second round, I was like, I was kind of a little bit more hoping that Aljamain was going to come down, try to maybe dictate his own pace a little bit more because I felt like, like I said, he was going out too heavy in the first round. And I think he kind of started to uh, blow his wide mid through in the second round. Like He still kind of came out real aggressive. He was falling over himself. He tripped himself over a couple kicks, shooting the takedown, and fell to the ground. And it's not that, you know, that can't happen. I mean, this is, this is a fight, man. I mean, those emotions in there got to be extreme. Like, I've never fought for a world title, obviously, so I don't know what was going through his mind when he's sitting there trying to fight, you know, how he's feeling in that moment. You know, but I just felt like maybe the, maybe the lights got to him a little bit. I But I felt like maybe come the third round, I thought he may – it could have been he got tired, but he obviously slowed down. And I thought Yang got the second round, in my opinion. I thought I thought he grabbed that. And I had it going to uh, – no, I had uh, Aljamain winning the uh, first round off of – you know, maybe points or whatever, then Jan having the second round. And then the third round, I thought Jan did it again. He just kind of outstruck him, kept the pace. Aljamain was shooting. He was getting defended. Peter Jan showed he has the skills everywhere and just basically shut him down come the third round. And, I mean, I saw glimpses of where I thought, okay, Aljamain might be able to come back. But – it wasn't nothing that I, I thought he might have already gassed himself out too much. He maybe put all, all too much into the, you know, already put, put too much out there already. And I think he started to pay for it later third round and into the fourth round. I think he got dropped like another two times in the third round, if I'm not mistaken. He was just out of the second round. But I know he got dropped quite a few times in the fight, I'm pretty sure. And going into that fourth round, you know, he wasn't doing too well. I thought he was grappling a little bit better. You know, he was just pressing up against, uh, pressing up against uh, Peter Young. 
Uh, I haven't. It's been a little bit. Since I got to watch it a little, little bit because I only watched it once. But I forgot how the sequence went. But Aljamain Sterling ends up on his knees. I don't. I'm pretty sure he was shooting for a takedown, and Jan was it was you know posted up on his head, had both his hands on his head, and the referee tells him Aljamain is down. And regardless of what everybody anybody else says about what he asked his corner, what his corner told him, I don't give. Any fucks at all. You know the rules going into this fight, whether you speak English, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, whatever the fuck you speak, it does not matter. You are well aware of these rules before you go out here. He put his hands on his head. And with both knees, with like one knee on the ground, Yeah, he was on the ground, like kneeling, like getting up. Like I don't know if he was getting up, but I know he was sitting on his knees for a couple seconds. But this motherfucker threw a freaking knee straight at his face. Like, on some Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren, knee. Now, he didn't run it, but, like, he was posted up and just threw his knee through his face. How do we excuse that? How, in any way, shape, or form, as good as Peter Yan is, how do you excuse that behavior, man? Like, I don't understand. Like, and this isn't something like, oh, you know, it was an accident. I, that's not an accident. Like maybe he thought he was getting up. No, Aljamain was down. He posted up. The referee told him that Aljamain was down. And he threw the knee anyway. And it's very controversial because at that moment, you know, Aljamain was down for a little bit. And a lot of people aren't paying attention. Uh, the doctor actually came in and told him, the ref told him to stay down and not to get up. That's why he kept laying down, rolling on the ground. Probably trying to get his brain together because at the end of the day, I don't know how many people really ever took a knee to their face. That shit hurts. And he took a solid knee from the highest level of fighter out there. A guy that was already, in my opinion, winning a fight against him. I know one judge had Aljamain winning and he, uh, Peter Yan was winning on two of the scorecards. Say they didn't even disqualify him and then he still lost two rounds. That has Aljamain winning. He would have lost two points. Aljamain is winning that fight. Like At that point in time, he's winning the fight and he's going into a, a – he can't continue. You go into a decision, that means he wins. If by by he loses by disqualification, why why in the hell would he not become the champion? It only makes sense because if a champion can keep their belt off disqualification, every single champ that was losing would get disqualified. You can't sit here and tell me that that because we saw a different fight than what they felt in there. I obviously, in my opinion, think Peter Young might have wanted out of there more than Aljamain because there's no other way you, I, I can rationalize him throwing that knee, like. At the end of the day, he was getting he was getting swarmed. I think he was he was just handling the pressure a lot better. I think Aljamain started showing the wear and tear a little bit more. And I think uh, one, I think John Hennick or something like I said he's only had like eighty something seconds of fight time in like the last year and a half. I think that plays a big factor. You know, Peter Young just went like I think he went three four rounds with Aldo before he stopped him. Something like, you know, he, he's been fighting, and then he fought uh, Uriah Faber. And he's been fighting. He's been active. Uh, Aljamain, even though he was active, his fight was like 30 seconds or some crazy shit. Like, but either way, I think as much as I thought he was winning, uh, a couple other judges had him winning. A lot of other people had Peter Young winning. He he gave up, man. He lost. He, he literally, he basically, like, Kind of just gave Aljamain the belt, so I don't want to do this no more. Like, if you think about it, it's not that, oh, like, he couldn't have won that fight because I thought he would have won the fight. 
I thought if that fight kept going, he would have won the fight. If he didn't stop him in that fourth round, he would have easily stopped him in the fifth round. But he didn't. He threw an illegal strike to end the fight. I think he won it out. Maybe he had an injury. Maybe it was just a mental thing where he just thought he was done. But, man, throwing an illegal knee on a guy on his knees, yo, that just don't make no sense in the middle of the cage. Like, it's not against the cage. not like you could say you felt him trying to get up, bro. He was posting on his head. He just blasted your knee through his face. After the ref told you, he was down. And, like, a lot of people bring up, were bringing up the John Jones situation. That is a little different. And it wasn't for a world title. But also, John Jones could have gotten a warning for a shot like that. That's an elbow. 12 to 6 elbow, we all can agree. That doesn't even really make sense. We can hit each other with all this other shit with the 12 to 6 elbow. The difference between an elbow on the ground is we can elbow you on a certain angle on the ground. So the angle, that is why that doesn't really make sense. You need somebody on their knees is 100% 10 times more effective than needing somebody standing. Yes, it's still getting kneed in the face, but like you get so much more power, you just generate them right there, and you basically put your knee through them. Like he got hit so fucking hard, and whether Aljamain was acting or not, whether he was or not, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I was definitely sitting here saying even if he's not hurt, he should be acting hurt because bro, that's some that's a bitch move. Like he should have did anything he said, anything anything he had to do. To walk out of there with the world title. And he did that. He deserves that. Aljamain is the world champion. And honestly, I don't even think they should run it back right away. I feel like Aljamain should fight Henry Cejudo. Either have Henry Cejudo finally come back. Because I saw it on Instagram like before I started the podcast. Like, a couple minutes before. And I think that would be a better fight. That would be a 10 times better fight than me. Way more money. And Peter Yanichi to let that motherfucker fight TJ. Uh, I know we everybody want to see TJ and San Hagen. I kind of want to see that, too. But, I mean, are we not a little bit more excited about Peter Young versus TJ Dillashaw? I think so. I, he was former champion, former champion, winner fights Aljamain. Or we run up and have Corey Sanhagen fight Aljamain again real quick while we wait. Either way, I don't understand how a guy can do something crazy like that and get an immediate rematch. As much as, yeah, he was the champion, he beat Aldo for the title, beat Faber to get the title shot. It's not like he was really sitting here making, like, a statement like, oh, he's the baddest dude at 135 previously. Like, dudes was just now talking about this guy since he beat Auto for real. Like, yeah, he beat Faber, and I heard a little bit of noise on him. But people weren't really talking about Peter Young until the Auto fight. And now all I, I can think about him is, like, bro, how the hell you give up like that? You was, you, you was winning. You was winning. You didn't have to do that, bro. Or at the very least, Throw some punches. You could have punched him. Could have threw an elbow. Could have did a lot of other things. But there's only a few rules in MMA. You can't bite this dude and don't kick this dude in the head while he's on the ground. Kick me this dude in the head, bro. We have two basic rules in MMA. And he, he couldn't follow that. That doesn't make sense. But congratulations to Azamay Sterling. That dude did his thing. And now he's sitting world champion. I hope he's not sitting here sad about that now. I understand maybe why he was sad in the beginning. But I hope he's out here now celebrating because he earned that shit, brought that bitch back to New York, and now he 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 he's an elite. You know, he, he's in history forever. And I think Aljamain, not saying that he can hold the belt very, very long, but it's possible. 
Uh, if he gets the right matchups, he's already beaten Sanhagen. So if that goes again, I'm, I'd lean a little bit towards Sanhagen in a rematch as far as, like, striking. I think uh, Cody, uh, Cody, uh, Corey kind of figured it out. Cody, I don't know. Sanhagen and John, I forgot what his name is, but Sanhagen figured it out. I think he's going to be a real big problem is knocking out Marlon Marais and uh, Frankie Edgar. But I think we should just run that. Uh, Peter versus TJ. Moving on to the co-main event, Amanda Nunez did her thing. Again, like she does everybody, smash Megan Anderson. Honestly, I wasn't expecting that at all, the way that that happened. I knew she could have started it, but like, I, I, going into that when I was watching the fight, when it was walking out, I thought Megan had a little bit more confidence. Uh, I wasn't really expecting her to be too nervous. I, I don't know why. I mean, she was talking all this. She was talking really good. You know, she talked herself up good. That she was confident. But now looking back, you know, it might have just been, you know, trying to make herself feel more confident going into the fight because she kind of looked like a deer in headlights the first right hand that landed. Amanda just kind of Amanda just kind of walked her down like she does everybody else, at and they cracked her, pulled her down, and I thought as soon as she got that triangle uh, armbar lock, as soon as she was setting it up, I felt like uh, Megan was looking attacked as soon as she went to the ground. So I don't know where where she goes from here. Amanda, I really it's kind of hard to see where she goes from here because who do you have her fight? Do we really run back her and Shevchenko right away? I I I can't get behind that. I don't think there's just any competition left for her in the UFC, sadly. Sad because the UFC is the mecca and, you know, she, she's the GOAT in the women's divisions. And no, you know, there's just nobody left to fight. She's done beat everybody. Like, she done beat Cyborg, done beat Ronda, done beat Megan, done beat um, Nisha. Like, she done beat everybody. Like, Maybe do some cross promotional stuff. You know, we get a rematch with her and Cyborg, but that would never happen. The UFC never do something crazy like that. I honestly don't even think that's beneficial for the sport. Cross promotions. I think as far as like guys are, you know, if they want to do that, you know, they're all private contractors. If they really want to fight in the UFC, they can go fight in the UFC. The UFC guys are happy where they're at. They don't. I don't see none of them wanting to really leave except for the guys that ain't fighting for the world title for real. I mean, the dudes that are at the top of the UFC, you know, they all say they ain't going to leave, so. I don't know. It sucks. I want to say, even for her to leave, maybe try and get Cyborg back. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe even sit out. Maybe sit out a year, two years. Let her enjoy her family. She just had a kid. Let, let her just be a mom. Let her be a family uh, woman and just kind of do her thing while we sit there and let those divisions grow and let 135 and 45 emerge a brand new contender. I'm not a huge fan on, like, shutting divisions down like that. But, like, I mean, what else can you do? Are we just going to keep throwing these girls title shots to keep getting beat up by this girl? Or maybe let them try to catch up. I mean, I, I'm going, Amanda's really, like, kind of just grown eons ahead of everybody. So it shows it's possible. But, the, you know, maybe you just got to let her stay out, do her thing, let everybody grow. But yeah, so far, you know, I'm too I'm I'm undefeated in my title fight picks, by the way, guys. I don't know if y'all realize that. It's like four and the Gilbert Brown's fight called that. As much as you know, 
I didn't think I was going to get the Azamine Sterling and Peter Young fight. I got that one. And then I got the Amanda Nunez fight. And then I definitely got this last one. Let's finally talk about it. The main event, Jan Blahovic versus Israel. A uh, little bit of technical difficulties. But we're back. Like I said, let's talk about the main event, Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blahovic. Man, I ain't going to lie. I was super impressed with Izzy, yo. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, really ride him too much, but, you know, dude came out there. I thought he was going to come out looking a little bit smaller than he did. I still think he, he sized up to Jan pretty well. I thought Jan was noticeably thicker though. I thought like you could just tell he was, he was the bigger guy and if you didn't really see it at first, especially in the uh, early rounds with the striking, I thought you could tell Jan hit harder is he was just faster. But I thought in the grappling exchanges, it was where you could really tell uh, Jan was the bigger guy. I uh, had Izzy up two rounds, two rounds, uh, one and two. Thought he just not outstruck him badly, but I just thought he was he was out point fighting him. I thought he knew as a kickboxer to go out there, and Jan kept to the kickboxing match. I thought the leg kicks did really well. I kind of would have liked to see Izzy throw a lot more of them. And maybe start trying to beat the legs up and throw more combinations than he did. He was still trying to counter-strike a little bit. I, I thought if he pressed forward more, he could have really maybe walked away with the world title. And he didn't do that. Uh, but, you know, that was also uh, you know part of Jan shutting him down, too. Uh, every time he came in, Jan was able to crack him. And he know, you know he had a lot harder than I think any of the other guys as he's fought in MMA. And you could tell uh, a couple of times I think he cracked them. It was getting in those exchanges where they both would hit each other. And I feel like they could both be like, all right, well, we can both put each other out at any time. Let's not try and, uh, you know, make those. Let's not do this right now. Let's, let's have a real technical, clean battle. And I was real surprised with Jan. I mean, I'm not even really going to say I was surprised because, I mean, I knew he was a really good striker. But, I mean, he was there. He stood with Izzy completely. It wasn't looking like he was he was out of his element. I mean, I think he stood those first two rounds for real to kind of prove a point to maybe himself or to everybody that, you know, he's just as good of a striker. He's he's there. You know, he's a world champion. He deserves to be where he's at. And I don't know. I don't know. I thought uh, getting those takedowns in the later rounds, four and five, I thought that. Not that they he really did super like like he didn't do much. It's not like he was out there and started to smash him on the ground with ground and pound enough was super super crazy. But like, I mean, he was controlling Izzy. He was able to put him down and do what everybody else been talking about thinking they could do to Izzy, but they weren't doing. Nobody was taking him down doing that. Everybody wanted to strike with him, but Yan was able to strike with him and put him down, and take him down and just kind of control where the fight was going and I thought that was really important uh, to see there because now you can really tell that there's going to be a lot a lot of problems at uh, 205 with these guys trying to come at Jan I mean are they going to be able to strike on him probably not they're going to sit there and want to uh, grapple with him I don't know I mean some of them can maybe I don't know I'd like to see it I think there's a lot more fun fights at 205 now with Jan as champion than with John Jones just because I think John Jones is kind of just dominant and kind of made 205 kind of not lackluster, but very uninteresting. And I'm kind of really, like, happy that Jan didn't go out and sit there and start calling out John Jones. Like, I have thir- at first I thought that could have been cool, but 
we got a guy now that's gonna sit at two hundred five. Another guy that wants to sit at two hundred five and do his thing and just be be the light heavyweight champion. I think that's important in the age where double champ status is kind of like if you're not going for double champ status, why are you doing it? It's, it's important to see guys like Khabib and young guys that want to stay in their divisions and dominate and just be the best of their of their division. Uh, where I don't where Izzy, I think he's pretty much just gonna go back to 185, and uh, again, I think he's gonna pretty much dominate. I don't know too many guys that'll do uh, fuck with him. They might give him till. I don't know. He he was calling for till till was talking about he'll do it, and you know in the UFC they don't really care about what's happening as long as you have good fights. He beat Kevin Gaslam, even though Kevin Gaslam just won and uh, till just lost to Whitaker or whatever. But like, fuck it. If he, I think is Till fighting Vittori? No, nah, I think he's fighting Vittori. It's not he's sure. He fight somebody. Till just gotta fight somebody real quick, win, and then you can easily show him up there for the title. And honestly, I think Izzy probably wins that fight. But hey, I mean Darren Till. I mean he, he giving Darren Till an awful lot of credit, and that could just be a little game out here because he thinks he can really just do him dirty. But I mean Till's a nasty dude. Might fuck around have Till is the uh, middleweight champ by the end of next year. And Jan, I mean, let him go and fight Teixeira. I don't know. I think Teixeira is, what, on like a two-fight, three-fight win streak right now? So go ahead and let him fight. No, no. Fuck it. I, I don't want to see any of those two guys fight John, though. Uh, Izzy was, I think Izzy kind of was at the press conference. He was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm uh, worried about that dude too much. And I know he was he was trying to act like he wasn't heard about it. But, you know, his plan was to go out there and win that belt and to call out John Jones. And that didn't work. And then John was trolling him. So, you know, I don't know. I think if Jan could show that the weight kind of matters in the grappling and that affects an MMA fight, and Izzy knows that. I think he's kind of starting to realize why John was so confident because now John's a heavyweight. If he went up the heavyweight to fight John, he's going to have to bulk up while John's been up that way. But John's a big dude. John, I think it was like 254. Like, crazy. I mean, that's huge. For a guy that weighed in at two two oh four with a pizza box in his hand or something crazy like that. No, it was like two oh one. Let me stop. He wasn't that big. He was like two hundred and one pounds with a pizza box in his hand. Come on. It is he should not go fight heavyweight in MMA. Kickboxing, I think it's a little different. When you add the grappling into it, weight really starts throwing shit off. Uh, I, I know that too, uh, personally, because you know, I'm a small guy and anytime I'll be grappling like I be realizing with bigger guys, it just it throws it off a little bit. You start expending more energy. Uh, things that usually wouldn't tire you out tire you out. And I think that in competition is definitely not a place to find that out. And I think that's where Izzy found that out. He was real gracious in the feet. He handled it real well. I mean, Izzy is a world champion. He's still a class act. I mean, I guess he was an asshole just because he was winning. But like now that. I guess he didn't get, yeah, I wouldn't say he really got no sights on one pop. I mean, he had a great fight. I mean, there was definitely no 10 8 rounds. As much as I, heard, I saw that on the scorecard, there was like two 10 8 rounds for Yano. That did not happen. There was no 10 8 rounds in that fight whatsoever. I had uh, Yan 10 9 rounds 3, 4, and 5, and Izzy 10 9 rounds 1 and 2. There's no way. No way. There's no way. Doesn't make any sense. But. Yeah, that was pretty much the entire card. It was pretty exciting, I'd say, overall. 
I think the next one is going to be Stephen Miocic and Francis Ngannou, too. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot more next week. Um, we won't give no breakdowns anytime soon. We'll probably wait for the fight to get a little bit closer. We'll just probably start talking a little bit more about it. Uh, this has been a little bit of a longer podcast. I've been trying to think of more things to talk to you guys, give you guys a little bit more of my personality and while I'm breaking down the fights and my opinions on them. Y'all like it? You know, drop a like, comment, share, whatever. Tell y'all friends. Maybe, like I said, maybe we can get some best out of these fights. Undefeated in these title fights, 4-0. Now called the Kamaru fight, called the uh nah, is the called the Yan fight, Stanley fight, and the Nant fight. So I'm failing myself a little bit. Why not? <laughs> but also you can comment comment any thoughts. Go ahead and follow on Instagram at Clockwork Project. And I'll see you guys next week.